Hello, 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 Charmers. Hey, Charmers. Welcome into another episode of, you got it, Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are gathering from the East Coast, West Coast, South, Midwest, internationally. I'm so grateful. Well, internationally to me, but it's home to you. If you're in Jamaica, Barbados, if you're in the West Coast of Africa, East Africa, if you're in London, if you're somewhere in Portugal, and all the countries I didn't shout out, just welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. You are welcome here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I pray that you have been fed and given new ideas and enlightened and inspired and that you're more in touch with your divine feminine and that the world is opening up to you in beautiful, exquisite, perfect ways since listening to this podcast and that you've attracted people, situations, and circumstances and other supportive material that have deepened you and taking you deeper in this journey of your womanhood and your queendom. Today, um, for those of you who are joining me for the first time again, welcome, welcome, welcome. This Charm School podcast was originally created for women in transition. I've done a whole episode on it. Go ahead, go ahead and check out the episode of Queendom and you will have a better understanding of the spiritual reasons for why I created this podcast and what I mean specifically for Women in Transition. Women in Transition, I originally packaged it for women in transition who are entering into marriage. So if you're engaged, if you're in the first five years of marriage, that honeymoon phase, this podcast is for you. But the true reason why I created it beyond that short and sweet answer is to really help women who are in transition into their queendom. And queendom simply meaning that you have more than yourself that you are responsible for. You have a territory, you have lands, you have people, you have a nation that is under your care. You're a queen and your decisions don't just affect yourself, they affect multiple people. And many of you that are brought into this podcast and this Charm School podcast, you're in your queendom or you are stepping foot into your queendom or God is elevating you in the stage of queendom that you're in. And so I'm really honored to have you be a listener because I have myself entered into a queendom where my decisions don't just affect myself. And that's actually a perfect transition into what we're going to talk about. I, I just love God because I didn't know how I was going to present what was put on my heart to talk about today. But that's actually a perfect transition. My decisions don't just affect myself. I venture into my queendom. So before we get into this episode, again, I want to thank you for those of you who are new. Welcome. You're welcome here. Come on. I'm in my sacred space today. So come on into my lovely home. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet and grab you something sexy. You know, if you want to have a glass of wine, if you are want to have some water, go get you some water. Stay hydrated, sis. The body needs to stay hydrated. If you want to do like me and put some berries in some sparkling wine or put some fruit in some regular water, go ahead and do that. Sex it up a little bit. Give yourself that visual stimulation and come join me for this episode. So 
your queendom and your decisions not just affecting yourself um yes so i made a really big transition this is going to be a very transparent episode and to be honest with you i was very nervous and quite frankly just closed and private about this area of myself but more and more i've just been feeling the urge to share so here we go again kick off your shoes relax your feet okay now this is a safe space i declare that even for myself and i speak protection over myself and over you the listener i speak protection and covering by your angels and mine over your space and your territory over wherever you're listening to this at if it's your workplace you are protected in your workplace you are the light in your workplace if you're listening to this in your car your car is protected the surrounding area around you around the literal facility that you're in if it's a building if it's a house if it's a car if it's if you're outside in a park um, you're protected and I just see a sphere going out from the inside of you and the inside of me to cover your entire surroundings, your entire community, your entire neighborhood, your entire region. You are protected. You are sacred to God. And I just see that over you, the listener, and I see that over myself. And so as we enter into this sacred time together of sharing with one another, I know that something miraculous is going to unlock within you as it did within me. And so talking about my decisions affecting more than just myself, I, I've i shared in a previous episode about my season of pause <laughs> and how that season of pause taught me the lesson of being completely relaxed and re-appreciating and re-engaging aspects of feminine nature that I had completely overlooked, completely run over, and um, you can check out that episode as well. I believe it's called Seasons of Pause, and so I highly recommend that you check that one out. I've received good feedback from people that have listened to it and enjoyed it and learned and gleaned from my season of, quite frankly, confusion at the time and my season of kicking and screaming. But God told me directly that the season you felt like you, um, that you lost, you called it a season of subtraction. In my quiet time with God, one day it was revealed to me that I called it a season of subtraction, but God called it a season of multiplication. And even when I got that revelation from God, and again, you have to go listen to the episode to understand more of what I'm talking about. But even when I got that revelation from God, I I still didn't see it as a season of multiplication at all. <laughs> you know, I felt like, well, I had to go home. I wasn't able to get the positions that I interviewed for. I interviewed for my dream position like three, four times, times, and it, I just knew it was going to come through and it didn't. And I really felt like it was a season of subtraction. I didn't see any beauty or blessing or and it's funny because the word that God gave me at the beginning of that year in my New Year's Eve prayer and quiet time with God, the word I got was this was a season of multiplication. And I was like, this ain't no season of multiplication. By the end of the year, I was like, this ain't no multiplication. This is totally a season of subtraction. I lost this year. 
And if you think about a seed, when a seed is planted, you know, it has to sort of decay to a certain degree. It has to shed its hard shell for the soft new life to emerge in the soil. And there's other areas, uh, there's other aspects that help the seed emerge, the new life within the seed to emerge. There's soil, there's water, there's sunlight, there's, I don't know, osmosis. Um, I don't remember science. Is it photosynthesis, y'all? Somebody out there knows. Somebody's like, no, sis, it's not photosynthesis yet. I don't know. But <laughs> what I do know is that there is a process that feels like decay to the seed because the former version of the seed is shedding. The former version of the seed is completely shedding so that new life can emerge. And that new life doesn't look like the tree with, you know, 50 oranges on it yet. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like the lemon tree just yet. It just looks like a little shrub. But the truth of the matter is, is that in the shedding of the hard shell, you are multiplying whether you see it right now or not, whether it feels that way right now or not. And so I'm still in the process of understanding all the ways that I multiplied in that season. But I have a part two, I guess, sort of, of um, an extension of what God has revealed to me that I'm going to share with you now. So in towards the end of that year, I started feeling in my belly that I had to leave my hometown and I just kept having this feeling of like, I got to go back to the Midwest, to the city that I live in. I got to go back to Chicago. I got to go back. And I, the little money I had saved, I bought a one-way ticket. And I remember my mother asking me, well, what are you going to do when you get there? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to go pick up my car from the person's house I left it at. And um, I guess I'll drive it back to San Diego. And so, you know, we talked about I ended up delaying the trip back to Chicago at least three times, canceled the flight at least three times. I mean, my mom was crying and I can't support you and you know, are you sure that's what God wants you to do? I mean, I went through the whole back and forth of like, well, maybe it's not what I'm supposed to do. But fast forward, I end up buying the ticket again after canceling it a couple times. I met a man back home and I was like getting excited about him and so many different things happen. Um, I'm sure all of those are aspects to the lesson. But I still had this gut knowing of like, I need to get back. And so I ultimately I did. And I even think the canceling the trip was beneficial as well because the week that I was like, nope, I'm going back. I made up my mind. I'm going. I ended up getting a phone call for where I work now and they wanted to interview me in person. They wanted me to come in for an interview in person. And it just so happened that I had booked the flight where I was arriving in the city the day that they wanted to interview me. And that's already a miracle within itself because I went from like interviewing, 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 nothing. And I guess to a certain degree, I didn't expect anything from this interview either. It was like, okay, well, I, di I didn't tell them that, but I, they wanted to interview me on the day I was flying back into town. And I just remember hanging up, telling my mom, like, well, um, 
I will go pick up my car. I will go to the interview. Who knows what will happen? You know, by that time, I wasn't having much success with interviews. So I said, you know, I'll go to the interview and then I'll drive to St. Louis to see my cousins. And then from St. Louis, I'll just drive back to San Diego. Long story short, I took the flight, came to Chicago, picked up my car, like I said, drove to where I work, sat in the parking lot till it was time for the interview, went in for the interview, and they pretty much offered me the job on the spot. Within seven days, within, mm, that was maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday, by that Friday, I had a written offer. By the next week, Friday, I think I accepted the job. And it's interesting because during that time, I stayed in a hotel. I had nowhere to stay. I stayed in the hotel the night after I did the interview because it went over so well. I, like I said, was offered the job verbally. And so I stayed in the hotel for maybe two nights or so thinking that I was going to get the offer. I didn't get the offer until after I left the hotel. So I was practically homeless, um, kind of living out of my car. And I, when I got the offer, by the time I got the written offer, I had went to St. Louis because I had I didn't have the money anymore to stay in a hotel. So I had drove to St. Louis to stay with my family. And when I was in St. Louis... I ended up getting another call for an interview to be a sports anchor at a television station, which for anybody who knows me knows that my background is in television and sports reporting. So I was like, oh my God, my dream, like this is my dream job. They offered me a two-year contract, you know, at a decent salary for um, kind of like a starter television market and or a middle te television market, like a middle te television market. And... I was so excited and I'm like forget the other job like this is my dream and so long story short I'm at my cousin's house I'm only supposed to be there for a couple of days I ended up being there for like a couple of weeks I drove to the town where the sports reporter job was at I mean so much happened within this time period I mean when I say I was literally living out of my car and like showering at my cousins in St. Louis like I drove to the town where the television station was which was three hours from St. Louis I was driving to Chicago which was four hours from St. Louis because I really didn't have anywhere to stay and so I went from a season of complete drought that's the word that I use with God I call it a season of drought God called it a season of multiplication so I went from what I thought was a complete season of drought to buying a one-way ticket stepping out on faith going to pick up my car with no plan literally no plan no, when I say no plan, my only plan was I'm going to go pick up my car and I'm going to go to this interview. And then, I don't know, I'll drive to St. Louis. Uh, because the interview went so well, like I said, uh, my parents paid for a hotel for me that was in the suburbs of Chicago. I did that. I waited until Friday. I think I had got another confirmation of like, yes, we're going to hire you, but I hadn't got like you know, the official documents from HR or something like that. And so then I was like, well, I can't keep paying for this hotel. So I drove to St. Louis. When I drove to St. Louis, I got an offer to be a sports anchor reporter at a television station. They told me if I could come to their town, which was a three hour drive away, that they would put me up in a hotel. They put me in the nicest hotel in the city and wine and dine me and all the ways that you are supposed to be treated when a television station really wants to hire you 
and I experienced all of those things and it was a long time coming and I just was like it's a no-brainer I'm gonna take the sports job and so both of the offers ended up coming through at the same time and maybe it was because I took a step of faith but it was not an easy step like I didn't really know what was going to happen I just showed up because something in my stomach was like you gotta go you can't stay in San Diego any longer you have to go and so I went with very little money um when I say I had no savings I may have had I may have had a hundred dollars maybe I probably had less than $100, to be honest with y'all, because I bought my plane ticket and that cost whatever kind of money. And that was pretty much all the savings I had. So I may have had $130 to my name for like a year <laughs> and then end up buying a one way flight, which dipped into that price. And so whatever I had left, maybe $20, like when I say I don't even remember, but I wasn't stress because I was operating out of some type of supernatural faith and belief like God got me and that happened for a long time so after I got those two offers um, my dream job and then another job I felt like was maybe you know what God wanted me to do I don't know and so because both of those offers came in I really struggled with what I was going to do I spent days um delaying make a, making a decision with both opportunities because I felt like there's no way I would turn down my dream job I remember telling my family if I get the offer from a television station that's it that's my dream all I need to do is two years and I can go anywhere in the country I have enough connections I know enough people I've worked at NBC Universal I know talent recruiters that are at ESPN and talent recruiters that are at NFL, you know, films and the NFL network. Like I've networked a lot in my coming up years, my grind years. And so I'm like, man, if I just do that job for two years, I can go anywhere, anywhere. I will be who I've always desired and dreamt of being. And so I didn't know if I was going to get the offer, but I got the offer. And so I was like, well, that's it. I'm going to take the job. And I prayed about it, prayed about it. And I think I mentioned this in a past episode, or maybe I told a friend of mine, like my grandma, who I bought a one-way ticket with no plan. And she said, okay, well, I'll be praying for you. Like, didn't discourage me nothing. When I got the television offer and an offer to work in marketing at a church, my grandma literally called me out of the blue and was like, I hope you really make the right decision. There's some things that we want to do, and there's some things that God wants us to do. And I hung up the phone being like, wait, 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 wait. My grandma, who always supports me, who always, like, wants the best for me, who always, like, you know, is kind of under the waves, the banner of, like, let them kids live their life, is trying to tell me, like, there is a right decision here to make and you better make the right one. That's not even like her. And so... um, I struggled with it a lot, but then ultimately what came to me was I can choose the sports anchor position, which would be for me, or I can choose to put me on the back burner for now or what I really wanted for myself to be in service to something greater. And that's what I'm circling back to what I just said about your queendom, your decisions affect not only yourself, 
working in television, okay, sure, your decisions don't affect yourself, but mm, kind of, it's really about you. They give you a script to say, like, you're influencing people, but your decisions don't necessarily massively affect the masses. You know, what Gail King does in her private life doesn't affect me. But I work in a position now, I labor, I serve in a position now where my decisions literally affect hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people's lives. You know, if we decide to live stream something, it affects hundreds of thousands of people. If if I put a program on for Mother's Day, for example, I um, did a jazz brunch at a restaurant that is one of the brands that I help support with marketing. You know, the money, the revenue that's brought in directly impacts a few people, but the food and the service impacts thousands of thousands of people. We're creating experiences for people. That's a small scale, but on a large scale, you know, if we are launching a new book or if we're touring the country or if we're streaming a service or if we are packaging something and sending it to Daystar, you know, every single decision in our marketing team is extremely small, okay? We're talking about three to four people when whatever we do and we all have different functions whatever we do massively affects the world it affects south africa it affects canada it affects the south the midwest the west coast it affects celebrities and it affects everyday people it it affects superstars in their arena that i don't know about you know in engineering and tech and you know it it, it encourages people in their faith and their salvation it, it makes people think on a higher level, a spiritual level, um, we're impacting people's lives. And so when I mention about being in your queendom, it's like I got elevated to, you know, a princess. I'll call myself a princess of a kingdom. Um, now I hear God saying, no, you're a queen and your decisions affect nations, literally. Your, your decisions affect territories, literally. What you're birthing the things I'm downloading to you, the things that I'm giving you to do, the work that you're laboring literally affects generations of people's lives. You have an impact in a way that working as a sports reporter would have truly been self-serving to Sunday's agenda and not to a nation's or not to a nation, not to a people, if that makes sense. So, um, that's the first thing that I wanted to share. And the second part of that was that it was not easy. So it wasn't just like I took a leap of faith with an uncertain answer, me who always has a plan. I took a leap of faith and I ended up landing on my feet. It was kind of tough decision after tough decision after tough decision. So once I got on the plane, the next part was then manifesting two of these amazing offers and then turning down my dream job, which I I felt good about at the time, but I definitely struggled with after, like, did I make the right decision um, to work for a church, literally, okay? And then um, after that, I came back to Chicago. I stayed in an extended stay because I had a start date, and I want they wanted me to come in to work. So I worked in, I work, I was going to work and staying in an extended stay. I stayed in an extended stay for at least two months. 
Um, I didn't know how long I was going to be there, but I kept renewing because it was easy and I didn't have to like, you know, all the stuff that comes with housing. When I finally decided to go for housing, it was struggle after struggle after struggle. I find a place, then they mark it up after I was approved and, and gave them my, you know, application funds. I look at a roommate situation and fall through. Um, I literally moved into a girl's house one time to be her roommate for a short-term lease. And within two days of staying with her, she told me, like, it's not going to work out because her landlord was like, he just had it out for me and really encouraged her, like, no, 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 no. And so she first felt like everything was good and we would get along great and I thought so as well and then all of a sudden she walked one day she was like you know no you know my landlord blah 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 and like can you take your stuff out and leave and I'll walk you to your car (laughs) and did and so I was without a place again uh ended up staying made a phone call to stay with a man that um I knew wanted to be more than friends but I really wanted to get an apartment and so I was like well I can't be spending on the extended stay and try to get an apartment and so um knew that that was one of the only people I could call called them after prayer and not really wanting to call called and um thankfully God is so good I when I prayed and I felt like okay God should I call and God was like yes I stayed with him in his house for one day And then the next day he happened to have booked a trip to go out of the state. (laughs) So I was in his house by myself for over a week, which was awesome, which actually was perfect because I was applying for a place. I ended up getting approved and I was told that I could move in on a certain day. When that day came, I was then told that my unit was not ready and it wouldn't be ready until a month later and you know can I send my security deposit and sign the lease you know would it be okay for me to move in a month later no it's not okay I need to move in somewhere now so the one week kind of perfect situation of having a a roof over my head that I'm not paying rent for without a man like trying to fill up on me and rub up on me had expired and then I still had nowhere to go so when I say I faced I started my new position in October When I say I faced obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after my leap of faith, it was so much to the point that I just kind of was like, well, I should go home. Like it was just like challenge after challenge after challenge. And every time I found something I thought was secure and safe, it was, it ended up not being safe, ended up falling through it. And, you know, it was just a lot of warfare is the churchy term that we would use. And so, um, I end up sleeping in my car because I was like, well, I can't go back to the hotel and pay for the hotel and have the money to get a new place. So I left the man's house because I didn't, I was not interested in what he was interested in. I just needed a friend and he definitely wanted to be more than friends. And so I remember being like, okay, God, I don't need this. You brought me this far. You're not going to leave me. And I left. I, I took my things and I left. And I went to the church parking lot and I slept in my car. And I ended up, something was like, tell your manager, tell your supervisor. And so I did. And that next night, they put me up in 
the unit that I'm still in, which is a condo that it's just, I mean, there's so many wonderful things I could say about the place that I'm staying in now. Close to work. I could walk to work, completely renovated. Um, the man that owns it is a black man. I love that. Uh, he's a church member. He's been extremely flexible with me. Um, I don't think I paid rent for like the first couple of months. It's just, it was a supernatural blessing after months, months, you hear me? Months of struggle. It's like God gave me those months back with free rent. <laughs> like I've seen what you've gone through to say yes to the call. I've seen what you've gone through as your leap of faith. I got you. So ultimately, during that time, and even now, my landlord is still mad cool. Um, it's a wonderful relationship, and I, and that's just it. It's a relationship. It's not like a relationship with a manager that works for an association, a building association. It's not like that. We're talking about a true relationship with someone. You know, if I was to text my, the guy that owns this place and say, hey, you know, um, I did actually one time, like, hey, I have a family emergency, like, I'm not going to be able to pay you. Okay, no problem. <laughs> like, it's just, um, it's supernatural. It's supernatural, and I'm grateful beyond words. And part, part of me is still living in it and moving through it, that maybe when I'm truly on the other side, like I'm in my own home that I own, and, you know, when I'm in a different season, I'll look back at this season and really understand the weight of the blessing that I am operating in right now. But sharing it with you as it has recently passed and sort of settled and kind of switching into a different season, um, I just have been led to share that with you. That one, it was supernatural, crazy faith. It was faith that was being tried <laughs> like are you sure you want to go through this are you sure you want to go through this and I kept showing up I kept going to work every day I would show up at work every single day I was sometimes the only person in the office and I would be there and I would be working and I didn't say anything about my home life situation until I was sleeping in my car you know I answered a call I answered an inner gut like yes this is what you're supposed to do and it led me to sleeping in my car but I didn't waver like yes I had I had mentally I would be like what are you doing girl go home but I had this inner knowing and conviction of like no I'm on my post I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and even I had a recent dinner with an old professor from my graduate program and everyone at the table was going around and sharing how they're editor of this magazine and uh, you know, associate deputy of this magazine and a retired food critic that lived in Paris and Chicago and all these wonderful things. And we were celebrating someone who won an award two years in a row for their writing and their research uh, for their publication. And then it comes to me and it's like, oh, well, what do you do? Well, I work in marketing for a church. <laughs> and I had to tell myself like, okay, sis, like, don't, feel any kind of way about that that's what you do and wear it with pride you know I don't believe that anything's wasted nothing's wasted nothing is wasted and there are times where I think to myself like what am I doing you know like I'm an on-camera talent and you know there's other things that I'm supposed to be doing but I think I'm really in queen season right now 
I'm, I'm learning something that I still haven't been able to put into words, but I'm learning how large, I'm learning a different side of large corporations. I've been at plenty of large corporations before. Um, I've been at great media brands. I've worked on Hollywood film campaigns. I've rubbed elbows with all kind of people, LeBron James, Nicole Kidman, you know. I've worked in very large rooms and very large spaces. I don't talk about a lot of the things I've done, but I really have truly done a lot, seen a lot, been exposed to a lot. And this is just another level of being exposed to a mega ministry, uh, you know, how do they run? How do they operate? What does it mean to have true ownership where you are employing hundreds of people and you do like 90% of your own stuff in-house? You have a television department that actually packages and wraps your sermons that go to these major networks that display your sermons. And, you know, it's just, it's a different it's the same kind of training, but in a different space. Um, I don't, I, and I'm still learning how to explain that to people, but I, I felt led to share that with you today because you also, sis, maybe you haven't yet experienced the level of tenacious, radical stepping out on faith that I have. I've done this a lot. <laughs> I really, truly have done this a lot. Um, when I accepted my job at NBC Universal, my car overheated the day before I was supposed to leave, which was a blessing in disguise. I was frustrated because I said, like, oh my God, how am I going to get to my internship? And um, how, am I, how am I going to get to this postgraduate opportunity uh, after my graduate school program? And of course, everything fell together the way it was supposed to. I ended up renting a car and um, my boyfriend was at the time was telling me that, you know, can you drive by yourself? Like he was not trying to go with me, but then ended up coming with me, him and a friend. And I mean, when I say almost everything that could go wrong did go wrong before I left. But then I drove 11 and a half hours <laughs> to outside in New York, Stanford, Connecticut, and started my journey. And it was hard, and it was like, like I said, everything that could go wrong did go wrong at the time. But I still stepped out on faith. And even when I, the place I stayed during that time period of my life, I hadn't paid them a cent because I didn't have the money to pay them. And when I walked in, they gave me the keys. And I hadn't paid them anything to stay there. And they didn't ask for a bill miraculously the first time I got an email about hey you have an outstanding balance it was like a day or two after I had got my refund for my um, university and I had funds to pay them and so I did but when I say I've experienced supernatural favor after supernatural favor when I stepped out on faith again and again and again I really have so to buy a one-way ticket somewhere and not have a plan was just another level of faith for me um, because I can give you example after example throughout my whole life where I've done things like that that, quite frankly, to people are massively radical, like, sis, wait, what? But this is how I live my life. It's not easy. Each time is a different level. But the beautiful thing about it is, like, each time I'm challenged with a different level of faith because of the last great example or the last great victory is the best word to say. Because of the last great victory, um... I have confidence. Like, I had confidence to sleep in my car. I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm going to sleep in my car, but guess what? God got me. I'm going to go to the church. That should be safe, okay? I pray. 
and I'm asleep in my car and God got me. And guess what? God had me. After I did that, the next day I was in a place. The next day. So all I have to, to say in this moment to you is, I don't know where you are in your walk of faith in your queendom, but I guarantee you to operate in your queendom, to be a woman that cares for nations and people and territory, you're going to have to be a woman of incredible, radical faith. You're going to have to be a woman that takes a step sometimes without even knowing what the outcome is, but confident in her source because she can look back and see the victories won. So wherever you find yourself in your journey, I hear count it all joy, count it all joy, joy, excuse me, because the testing and the trials truly of your faith have only come to make you strong. And instead of being like, man, that was a really tough time in my life and I'm going to do everything in my life to avoid it. I want you to see it as a victory. I want you to see it as something that has come to test and to try you to make you strong so that when the next thing comes, because it will come, sis, because what I'm learning is and I'm, I'm hearing a sermon that I recently heard is that the victory of your obedience of faith is not even for you. It's to increase glory to God, one, and to increase the faith of others. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There's something powerful when we share our testimony with someone else. Their faith encourages, their faith grows because they say, well, if God could do it for Sunday, then God can do it for me. And yes, God is living in you. He wants to do it for you. Or if you're offended by he, she wants to do it for you. I don't believe God is specific to any gender. God is above gender. God just is. God wants to bring the same miracle through you, the same glory through you. That points to that there is, in fact, source. There is, in fact, God. There is, in fact, the supernatural, something beyond the natural that we can see with our eye. There is something and when we have, when you step out on faith and you have these miraculous moments, you know, I've often been very quiet about the things that God has brought me through, but I'm learning that that's not the secret sauce, sis. The secret sauce is actually exposing your victory because the victory has only come so that when the next test comes, you can say, well, God brought me through sleeping through my car and gave me a place. I'm not worried about it. That place is mine. The next thing is okay well I got two offers one I wanted and one I didn't want and I believe I made the choice that God wanted me to make and I'm serving and I'm on my posts I have skin in the game I have skin in the game and I move with a different level of confidence when I'm on my job and challenges arise I know who to go to because I know why I'm there and I know who put me there I didn't put myself there you know, and I've seen victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. And that comes from a straight level of inner confidence. And that's only going to grow. There's only going to be bigger battles. There's only going to be bigger stages. And it's not for me. It's for God. 
there are things that I desire that, you know, but God meets all of my needs and not just my needs, my wants. <laughs> I have, I really, I have so much to be grateful for. I really don't have a ton to complain about. Um, and there's so many other lessons that I could talk about, you know, when, like I said, when I was at that dinner and I was like starting to feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't be proud about what I'm doing. Mm, I've been through too many victories. I've been through victories that every single person at that table, I guarantee you, has not been through. Most people try to avoid a moment of sleeping in their car. Most people try to avoid homelessness. <laughs> Most people can never say that for four to five months they lived out of their car. They lived out of suitcases in their car, bouncing from one place to the next to the next. Most people can never say that. And so they pride themselves on their title and their accomplishments but what about the inner man the inner man the inner woman is weak the inner man the inner woman is weak maybe strong in some areas but weak in 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 the others and so i i want to encourage you to not discredit where you are or where you find yourself or what you find yourself doing some of you are extremely strong spiritually and it may not look super glamorous to the world but I'm telling you in this space you're glamorous you're a queen and it's only a matter of time before you're presented and exposed to the nations and this is how you become great <laughs> because you have a testimony when you open your mouth and you share your testimony people with great titles will stand and applaud you because they haven't been through what you've been through you've overcome truly the world and that's because God is standing up with inside of you because you chose to be a woman of faith because you chose to be a queen because your decisions impact nations I love you and I'll talk to you soon